0: Greetings and welcome to Everyday America, where you'll hear the American story one person at a time. I'm Gregory King, your host, and my goal is to inform, entertain, and inspire by sharing the stories of everyday Americans with you. In fact, each of you are potential guests. More on that later. Everyday America is offered free to all that would like to listen in, but if you'd like to support me, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com everydayamerica. And special thanks to my music director, Steve Hall, who writes and performs all my music. He's a great studio musician, teaches guitar virtually all across the country, and can be reached at Steve at Outlook.com. I met today's American through my sister, who is her friend and works for her as one of her go-to girls. Michelle Borges was born and raised in Santa Monica, California. She took her desire to help people, and turned it into a thriving business. Here, she talks about overcoming fear, discovering her love of helping others, and what it means to be a go-to girl. Michelle, thank you for spending some time with me today on Everyday America.
1: Sure, no problem.
0: I I like the idea that you've got this business going, it's sort of family oriented. Tell me though, go back a little when, and I always like 10, 10 is kind of a pivotal year with a lot of people. We're not children anymore. We kind of look to the future. We have a better idea what the world looks like, although we're still a little idealistic. So who's Michelle when she's 10? And and oh, and what boy. happened there that made you, sort of pointed you in the direction that you went?
1: Um, I think Michelle uh, was a very shy and not outgoing child uh, because she was sort of... Um, In our own little world, because I was a single child, so therefore, you know, no playmates, things like that, walk home from school alone, um, and wanted to be more outgoing of a human being. Uh, My mother was a professional tennis pro, so we traveled the United States because of her profession. Um, And so she was kind of always the talker, the go-getter. She played in the U.S. Open in New York, and I went to warm her up. So I always wanted to kind of be that outgoing kid who traveled a lot. Um, And a lot of people who would know me today would say, there's no way you were a shy person, because I have kind of come out of my uh, quiet personality and turned into the queen of retail, is what I call it. I think starting out as a young child from jumping up into when you got your first job was like typical in santa monica santa monica place everybody got a job at the mall and and that's where i began and started in retail and helping people has always been my thing helping them get what they wanted helping them get things done Um, and so that's where my life kind of went, you know, of course I was in school and then I went to college at Santa Monica college. Um, but I really felt that wasn't for me. And I felt like my purpose in life was just to be around people and help them. So, um, that's kind of the path that I ended up taking, you know, like every child, you want to be a celebrity, you want to be out in that position You want to travel all the time. You want to get away from your family. I wanted all those things too. And then somehow I just ended up in the estate sale world where I am now and will probably be for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) But you are a celebrity one person at a time.
1: (laughs) Yes, one person at a time. Exactly. One family at a time. That's That's what we do. That's what the goal is. Um, You know, and that's what we try to accomplish from start to finish to help others, you know, and that's where the business is at.
0: And you didn't start in this business. How did you begin? What were your Um, your training? What was your training ground?
1: You know, my training ground was really about being in retail. I worked in all the malls um, and then I made my way up into uh, the Montana Avenue part of Santa Monica, which is like the Beverly Hills of Santa Monica And I was able to land myself um, a job at a sporting goods store, which was hard to do at the age of 16. And like, for example, my first customer through the door was OJ Simpson and Al Cowlings. And I had no idea who they were. I just knew that they were nice. I knew that they needed stuff. And I was able to pull it off the shelf and get them to buy everything that I told them to. And they did. And so... I was just in love with that, the feeling of helping people find what they needed. So I, I did that for many years um, and then, you know, to high school, to college. And then I was working for an entertainment company in Los Angeles called On the House, where we would fill empty seats of live theater and live concerts in just a couple hours before a performance would take place. And it was my job to call every producer of every live theater in Los Angeles to convince them to give us free tickets so we could fill the seats that they hadn't sold out of performance. So that's when I started coming out of my shell because it takes a lot of guts to call somebody and say, hey, how about you give us 40 free tickets and we'll fill the seats? And I did that for four or five years, and I loved it. You know, going to live theater, helping these producers to fill the seats um, because these performers were not wanting to perform to an empty theater, which is understandable. Of course, (laughs) of course.
0: What was your um, What was your process for coming out of your shell? I think we've all been there. You know, you get out of college and you're a little idealistic, and then you hit the real world. What was that process for you to become what you knew you needed to be? in spite of maybe your fear or lack of confidence?
1: Well, it it was definitely both of those. It was a fear. It was a lack of confidence. You know, I didn't want to do any type of cold callings, but I knew that if I was going to keep this job, that's all it was. So I had to stop shaking and pick up the phone and make these phone calls. I had to sell, um, what we wanted to do for the producers. And as they released tickets to me, uh, it became easier and it became, um, I became more comfortable. And it was also, you started out on the telephone. So that was certainly, I think, easier than, you know knocking on a door and cold calling and getting the door slammed in your face. But of course, retail helped me along the road because when you're in retail, obviously you have to interact with customers. So I just kind of had that personality where you know I could start engaging people and um, it didn't take me too long to do that. And then I felt very comfortable in my shoes. Um, but you're right, coming out of high school and college, you know, it was scary, um, but it helped me to where I am today because I have no fear in talking to people. I have no fear in telling them, what they have to do in order to get what they need done you know to help yeah. them with their lives really basically
0: yeah I, well keeping a job is is good incentive for you know <laughs> yes. breaking through that that little wall of <laughs> lack of confidence but Indeed. but then actually succeeding so as you as you begin this you're maybe you lack confidence but at some point they start sending you tickets you start being successful and then you you probably developed a style, something that worked for you, and you began working that.
1: Right, I did. And it, you know it was kind of like, I, I feel like I have a very warm phone personality, And, and the other difference is too, that I really, you know, mean what I say, and I'm really there to help people. So my job became, my job became much easier. You know, and I did that for several years with a wonderful boss who created that company and put me in charge of it. And I'm still friends with her today. And um, she still lives in Santa Monica. She doesn't have that company anymore because she retired and closed it down. But, yeah, I just Hmm. I don't know. I'm comfy now.
0: Tell me about the process. Uh, It's on your website about how your clients began aging and you sort of transitioned tell me Tell me about that process and I and when did. the when the light went on and you went, "Oh, you know what?"
1: <laughs> yes, this is true i um I left Santa Monica to raise my children and I found this little town called Tatchby, California, so I didn't work um for several years, and my kids were growing, and I felt a little lonely and I felt like I wanted to be back in the action is what I would call it. So I ended up actually going back to Santa Monica to touch base with my old boss and ask her if she had any ideas of what I could do. And she started to tell me, Hey, I've got friends that are starting to age. Some are actually going into assisted living. None of their children are nearby. Maybe you could help them to accomplish what they needed to do in order to move out of their homes their condos, their apartments in Santa Monica, and get them so that they could be in assisted living without problems. So of course, I basically just morphed myself into a personal assistant. And from that personal assistant, in order to get them into the old folk homes or to get them moved closer to their family, well, they had to start selling off all their personal items they had to get you know all their telephone numbers shut down and their cable boxes picked up and that's often really hard for somebody who's in their 80s and they have no family they have no help around and so I just went in and just got started and got everything done for them and what happened was my boss Um, from back in the day of the entertainment company, she started calling around to all her friends. She wanted me to become busier. And what she did was she said, Michelle is my go-to girl. Anything you need done, she will get it done for you. And that is where the light went off because I decided I was at that point in my life only going to hire women, to be around me and to help me to uh, to accomplish goals for other people, so I decided to call the business "Go To Girls" with a Z, and then it started with just me, and then I hired one person, and then another, and it and then it morphed into this estate sale company. We got away from you know helping people clean their house and helping you know, get the cable boxes picked up and it just went into absolute estate sales. So once we got that person moved and packed up with just the things they wanted to keep, then we go into the houses and we sell everything off, um, you know, and get the house cleaned out so that then the realtors could come in and do their job after we were finished. So that's really how it all began.
0: Yeah. And your slogan yeah. says never underestimate the power, the
1: power of, of a woman. That's correct. Woman.
0: <laughs> and I have learned in my lifetime to never do that. <laughs>
1: That's a good thing. To learn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> never under yeah. yeah. Now you said hire only women. Now what is it like? What was it like for you to start a business as a woman? Did you run into any roadblocks? You know, we keep hearing about roadblocks, the male dominated world. What was it like for you?
1: You know, I consider myself extremely lucky. I am one of those people that works, if there's such a thing, nine days a week, and I wasn't going to let anything stop me. I just wanted to stay in my own lane. There are other people who do estate sales for a living. There are other liquidators. But at the time, I didn't know that because I was only familiar with retail business, retail stores. I had no idea that there was something called estate liquidators. So I just I just kept in my own lane and I just decided I'm gonna call the local realtors. I'm gonna start doing my cold calling again, which at this point I was comfortable with and letting them know, you need to get your clients out of the house. They're slow, they don't have help, they're waiting on family. We will come in and get the process rolling for you. And before I knew it, I started getting calls from real estate agents all over in my local town hey, can you help me with this client? So I didn't really have any roadblocks. I'm just really lucky that I didn't. There was nobody saying, hey, you can't do that. Or, mm-hmm. hey, there's a there's a guy over here that owns a company and we're not using you. I just made my company be a company that I would want to use. I wanted to make sure we were honest. I wanted to make sure we were professional and we were helpful. I mean, if we went into a home and there was an older person and they had no family and they didn't have a lot of food in their refrigerator. One of us ladies would go out and make sure that their refrigerator would get filled up. I mean, it was just this whole process, you know, one through 30, we would get it done. And, you know, all my leaders were really good at it. I could only hire people. I started off with only people that I knew, people that I could trust. Um, and then obviously, as life and the business got bigger, we, we met people along the way And we were able to hire them. Of course, I have gentlemen now working for me as well for moving, you know, furniture and things like that, that I don't want to put on the ladies as a hassle. Mm -hmm. So, so um, yeah, but it's been, it's been really great. We just keep going. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, there's also a line on there that you, you're helping people, not just selling their stuff. It all seems to come back to that for you of assisting and helping people there's, you know, there's one side to this that's very, uh, commercial. There's, there's stuff, it has value and you're going to sell it, but you're selling it to enhance someone's later life.
1: Absolutely. Is there a, Mm -hmm. a,
0: a story or someone that you recall that you really were able to help out? Is there anyone that comes to mind?
1: There's a family that comes to mind um, that I was helping out who, you know, their, their parents had passed away. They All the children were out of state, but they had all flown in to take out uh, their little precious items that reminded them of their father. Um, they couldn't take a lot with them because they were all flying back on planes and they they really didn't have a lot of money. So what they were doing was They were really counting on our company to try and figure out how we could make the most possible money for them. You know, and typical estate sales can be, they they range so much. They can be anywhere from a $4,000 sale for a teeny tiny apartment, or they could be a $100,000 sale, depending upon, you know, what what you have in your home. And I think a lot of people don't really know all the time what they have in their home. There's not gonna be massive treasures every time we go in, but there's a lot of little things that people will throw out or donate or give away to the neighbors before we get there. So we really try and go in and help them. Um, And this family needed money. They needed to be able to pay off the amount of money owed at the property. And they had a brother who was back from the military who needed a place to live. And they were hoping that somehow they would be able to pay off the house, not with the estate sale, but all coming together and be able to allow their brother to come back and live in their family home. And what ended up happening for us, we were really lucky. We did a lot of research. We did have to call in some experts to double check what we had, but we were able to find a very expensive lamp Um, that we sent off to auction, as well as a very expensive original painting that we sent off to auction for the family. And we found a Dirk Van Earp lamp, which is a very famous designer. And that lamp ended up selling for $45,000 at auction. And that was a fabulous treat for the family. So we really felt like we helped them because otherwise, if you don't know what you have, you should always call somebody in to try and help you because, you know, they could have sold that lamp for 30 bucks at a yard sale. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe And you'd read about
0: bucks. it in the paper about the guy that found out what it really was and made the 40 grand.
1: <laughs> I Of course. And that's yeah. so hurtful. So, yeah. So that's part of our, our process of when we go into people's homes. We just... We try and go in and look for anything we think is really special or really old to just help them out as much as possible. And, of course, that's just a once-in-a-lifetime story. probably won't happen to us again. We hope it will for the family. But you just never know. And I think that's the fun part of this business. Yeah, A lot of people love to work for me because... You know, I'm not sitting at a computer every day. I'm not going to the same office and the same environment every day. Every single day we're in a different home and we're meeting a different family and helping everybody with a different situation. You know, it could be the richest of the rich that want to donate everything to um, their local thrift store or it could be somebody who's extremely poor and has no idea what they have in the house and they are super lucky to have us come in and and just be able to help them you know we feel like we're the lucky ones actually
0: yeah well it sounds like you're creating peace of mind for them Um, yes you know a business obviously has to operate and and it sounds like you're doing that quite well as well Yes, um, we love it. <laughs> what's what's the future? Are you do you just continue, or do you have any uh, additional plans? Or
1: well, you know, I have for quite a while wanted to um, increase the size of the business, have different, almost like a franchise. And I could do it. I could technically do it because we're servicing about five different cities, four different counties. But, you know, I really feel in the franchise business, the ownership, the main person who starts it and wants to help people, it kind of fades away because, you know, you have to find that exact person who's just like you in order to have the same attitude, the same wanting to help. Um, and, And I always say it's not about the money. It is completely about helping the people. So I think what we're doing now is we're in a place where we have expanded out into about the 80 to 100 mile range of where we want to be. And I have enough people now that we can service a couple cities at the same time. And I'm really happy with that. Just two years ago, we were able to purchase a house in the downtown area of Tehachapi and open our antique boutique there. And then just during the COVID, we decided to open another retail store right down the street uh, through my daughter because she's into the mid-century modern. So we're growing as far as retail, plus my mother, since it's such a family affair, has another retail store right down the street. So we kind of all live together, work together, and we're really happy in this environment of, you know, going out and picking and buying and selling and helping people. Um, it's kind of like a, it's a really big family affair. Mm. <laughs> it's like We never stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people and I, I think everybody wants to do something meaningful with their life. You know, we all, mm-hmm. obviously we all need money. We have to pay the bills and do all that. And so there's always Correct. the business thing. Some people go a little overboard with that and it becomes an all consuming thing. But I think everybody at some point wants to, you know, quote unquote, give back or help others. And it sounds like you've found a way to kind of roll all that together into a a business that uh, you probably go home at night and are very happy with, uh, you know, the outcome of things.
1: Yes, I'm very happy with the outcome of my days. And it is completely true. You know, and a lot of people won't feel that um, completion, I think, is what I call it in your life until... You really are working at a job where you feel very comfortable, very happy, and that you're accomplishing a lot. And I feel that at the end of each day. At the end of each day, I know that we have helped somebody. I know that we've made an impact on another family's life with our crew to make it easier on them. Because it's all about you know the transition is hard enough when you're an older person and you're moving out of your home and giving it all up and especially when you have to go into assisted living you're not in control really anymore so to be able to go in and help a family to get what they need done is a big accomplishment not only just for us but obviously for them and they feel so grateful so it really is It's a warm feeling every day. And it's nice because everybody who works for me feels the same way. You know, I have a really good group of poor women who some are retired. You know, it's just wonderful. And we're all really good with people. So I'm satisfied every day when I go home. And it's true. You know, if you love your job, you don't feel like you're working. And if, you know, every day I wish there were nine days in a week because that's how crazy busy we are. Um, and I'm trying to settle back as well and make more time, you know, as I've built this business, there's been less time for the family and me having to work so hard. And now that we've come to a plateau, we can finally, I can go home and actually relax, have a nice dinner with the family, uh, have a glass of wine with the husband and not feel so stressed out anymore.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you could go back to that 10 year old Michelle, who was maybe a little worried and a little shy, uh, what would you tell her?
1: Oh, I would tell her everything is going to be okay. You know, you just, you you have all these stages that you go through, um, and you just learn from them. I look at 10-year-old girls today that I can tell they feel uncomfortable or, you know, they're just, I, I don't know, they're just in that st- face of just about to grow up and and seem a little bit scared and I think for everyone girls or boys it's always going to be okay because you are going to get through that other side um, and you're going to come out of that shell there's there's something on the other side that's going to be for you um, and hopefully just make you absolutely happy with what you're doing in the future but I think everybody will figure it out it just comes to you and you just know this is for me (laughs) And that's what I've done. It's been great.
0: I love stories of people that just get things done. Some of us may wait around for permission. We may wait for a better time. Sometimes we just try to wait out our fear of change, of the unknown. We can learn a lot from those that just do. And we hear it a lot, even here on Everyday America, that more can be learned in failure than from success and that failure fosters and creates success. Even successful people that appear to just have one success after another, inside of that success still have failures, which hones and polishes the success that we see. The world is full of stories of those that set out to fulfill their dreams and goals and were met with failure. But I'll guess that for every hundred that stop there, there is one that gets up, dusts off, and rushes back into the fight one more time. They're usually the ones we hear about that had great success. Don't underestimate your ability to achieve, and don't overestimate the impact of failure as a negative. The world is full of people with good ideas that never see the light of day. Pull your good idea out of a dusty file and take another look at it. Maybe it's time to take a leap of faith. And that's part of my story. Thank you for hanging out with me on Everyday America, where we give random Americans the opportunity to share their stories with you. And remember, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So share your stories and write them down for your friends and family and for posterity. And make your story real. If you or someone you know is willing to share their story with us, send a note to Everyday America Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us why and give us a way to reach you. And finally, if you'd like to support us, go to my Patreon page and check out my goals and rewards. That's patreon.com everydayamerica. I'd love to have you become part of the show. See you next time.